Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome into this Friday. April 9th. My God, it can't be April 9th already. Edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I am with Neil McCready, as always. Uh, wow. Um, you know, Neil, the month of April, when I get through, the draft used to be a little bit earlier in April. Draft used to be in January, for people who don't know. But people like Archie Manning are mm-hmm. drafted in January. Um, when I get through, it's like, it's like the football season, but it goes through April. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like May. And it's like, that's the time to focus on next season. So I'm kind of in full draft mode. Did speak. And I, anyone that uh, heard my podcast yesterday talking a little bit about um, Deshaun Watson, we can get into that, but um, you know, Neil, they always say, Oh, downtime. What are you going to talk about? We, there's just like, Trying to figure out what we're going to talk about is difficult because narrowing it down, because there's so many ways we can go. And we do extend beyond as we did with the basketball tournament and whatnot. Um, We extend beyond it, but just in football alone, we've got so much to talk to. So good Friday to you, my friend. Yeah, happy Friday to you as well. It's, um, It's a lovely day here right now. It's not supposed to be so lovely later today. Uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas have a I guess Arkansas is second ranked in the country. Ole Miss is third. They're supposed to play a three-game series starting tonight. Uh, COVID does not exist in Oxford, uh, Chris. They're expecting 13,000 people. uh, How many does that stadium hold or, you know, the surrounding viewing components? The technical technical attendance is about 10 and a half. You can – you can cram about 13, could, could fit 13 in it. <laughs> yeah. okay. It's uh it's, it's a really hot ticket. So hopefully the weather cooperates and they can get those games in. I've got, we're supposed to have a, another uh, viewing opportunity for spring football tomorrow at Ole Miss, but the rain is scheduled in the morning, which makes me wonder if that'll get canceled. But uh, it's, it's, you know, we're getting, getting closer. A lot of people starting to have spring games. Ole Miss is two weeks away from theirs. I know that, there's some spring games next week. And so, yeah, it's, you know, April, April's an interesting month because for me at the end of April is the first time that I sort of get to exhale a little bit in in the course of the year. Uh, So, you know, I didn't last year because I was so worried about all the stuff and what was going to happen to business that I just churned. Um, But the, the draft has always been fascinating to me because I know just enough NFL people to uh, be dangerous, I guess. And um, 
it, it's always interesting to talk honestly with some NFL people that I know who will admit that these last two, three weeks are when the mistakes are made because most of the work is done. Most of the evaluation is done. The pro days are done. They've looked at all the tape. They've looked at the tape and 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 they've done their boards and they're having their meetings. But, you know, as I'm sure every high school coach has ever said, the hay is mostly in the barn and uh, you're waiting for the draft to get here. And this is when you go into hyper overthink drive. Some people do. Some people don't. A lot of organizations don't. But some do. And this is the time. Feel free to tell me, nope, Neil, you're talking to two or three idiots. But I've talked to some NFL people who say this is the time that mistakes are made. It it does depend on who it is. And if you would help remind me, I would like to talk about something that Lane Kiffin was quoted as saying about Bill Belichick, about talking with Bill. Uh, we can get into that, you know, at, at some point. But it is it really depends on the organization. And the reason why the mistakes are made is because I always have a theory that you spend all fall looking at players. You study players. And and people say, well, there's, you know, what are you doing looking at film in February? The games have been over a long time. Why do you change? Well, understand something. If I make a school visit at Ole Miss on October 15th, what am I looking at? I'm looking at games up to October 15th. I haven't, I haven't seen the November game yet that hadn't been played. So one of the keys in scouting in, in every organization is different. I happen to work <clears throat> for well, Belichick for a while where we had a lot of scouts. And then I went to Houston where we had we were a one of four. We didn't have areas. We had, we had the country, we had the region. So you got to go back in February and March and you got to look at film. You got to look at the latter part of the film. I always tell the story about a linebacker I had, that, that I drafted in the seventh round out of Boston College. I went in in late September. Um, Tom O'Brien was the coach, and he was awful. Knew he was awful. Holy Cross kicked his ass, blocked him left and right. But here's the thing. He was new at linebacker and moved him there. He was a defensive end. He was playing at linebacker. He didn't know what he was doing. So I – I gave him the grade that he was deserving on that, but but I had a note to go back and recheck. Well, I ended up doing more film work later, and I moved him up. He was a little bit better. So all of a sudden, he's playing. They weren't in the ACC then. And playing pretty good. Played well against Syracuse. Uh, played pretty well against Notre Dame. And he started to get back. By the end of the year, this guy – was somebody that that ended up being a really good backup linebacker and a special teams guy, somebody you want in the seventh round. Well, why am I bringing that up with regard to that? Because that's what happens is scouting is about being thorough, but what happens after the season is the coaching staffs, and depending on who the GM is, is the GM from a scouting background or is he a guy in the office that's more of a bean counter and he's just kind of – those people become involved after the season because – College coaches are not looking at a player at Ole Miss. Uh, um, excuse me. NFL coaches are not looking at a player at Ole Miss or Alabama in in you know November. They're getting ready to play the Chiefs. Yeah. 
So they got to do all of that in. So you're combining that. So the organizations we didn't, for example, in Cleveland, we modified I board a great deal because the coaches were more involved. When I was in Houston slash Tennessee, we pretty much ran the draft as personnel people with scouts. So the, the, the coaches had their say, but we had the final say. So we had less movement and less of what you're talking about, but others, and I would say more and more that we have GM types that are non-football people. When I call non-football people, I, I don't, I know that that really sounds dismissive and it really makes me sound like an ass. I don't mean to, but what it means is people that come up from the coaching and scouting background, as opposed to they work in football, but they work in other areas and, and they just gather information, different, different situations. Scouts have to gather information too on character and all medical, but it's about, it's different. So yes, the other thing is you get to this point, you become enamored with, I got to get, Quitty pay out of Michigan. Love him. He's a bit, you know, he really can help. And, and you get a lot of that. You get a lot of selling of got to have this guy. This is going to make our defense go. This is what we need. And so you get a lot of, well, where do we need to go to get player X, player Y, player Z? And so you get a lot of what I call false movement. Look, the draft in its, and I, I spent a lot of time, on the Landry football podcast going on how we grade players and literally what the grade numbers mean and how, if you set your board up, regardless of need, need doesn't make a player better or worse just because you don't need Trevor Lawrence in your Kansas city. doesn't mean he's not the best player on your board. If he is, if you set your board correctly, regardless of need and look, you add the other opinions and you modify it based upon, look, we don't see them that way. Here's what you do. If you've got a strong scouting staff, which not as many people do anymore, if you got a strong front office, because here's the thing, would you want a head coach that's not a really good coach? Not really, would you? Oh, of course You'd not. You'd want somebody that can coach the coaches. My theory, a lot of people that are not from the coaching and scouting background disagree with this. Who's coaching the scouts? Who's scouting the scouts? If you're not from a scouting background, and in my opinion, I think a coaching background is helpful, really integral to be a good scout. Then how do you how do you grade the scouts? How do you teach them what to look for? Teach them about our scheme and why this guy's a better fit or not. When you have disagreements, and if you teach your scouting staff well, then all those, you know, all right, look, we got these cluster of fourth round graded corners. Let's make sure we got this six or seven guys in the right order. And maybe we don't have any one of them overgraded or undergraded. You know how you do it? You get in the film room and you look at the tape and you discuss it and then you modify it. If you set your draft board correctly and you let your draft board speak to you, you don't have those mistakes of which you speak. But a lot of people, you're correct, there's a lot of mistakes made because, well, I think he's a little bit better. You know, that workout was great. The workout's important. The workout is a piece of the puzzle, and it confirms or denies what you see on the guy. But don't try to gerrymander your board because if you do that, you end up taking someone that's at a position of need or you think you need, and he's not that good of a player. Had a corner out of Maryland. I'd Love Greg Brown and really good coach, been around forever. Fell in love with this big corner from Maryland. 
The guy couldn't play. I mean, Jeff and Jeff Fisher and all, they want move him. It's guys the first round. Yes, he did go higher than we had him graded. The guy couldn't play. He was a fifth round, late fourth round, fifth round graded guy, and that's kind of what he was physically on a workout. Neil is what you're looking for, man. I mean, body beautiful, and this guy should have been an all pro. Never was, never will be. So you talk yourself in and out of that, and that's where the mistakes are made. And it's not, it's not brain surgery. It's set your draft board according to a philosophy, stick to it, and then let it talk to you. And then that's where you're going to be determined to move down and move up. And you don't panic. Oh my God, we got to get this guy. We got to go up and get. It. Oh my God, what are we going to do? And your mortgage, and it, it's just you know, relax, relax. Let the draft come to you. There was a kid at Ole Miss when I first got here. Um, so I started on the Ole Miss beat in 2008. Houston Nuts' first season was my first season. And they had a wide receiver, and I cannot remember his name to save my life. And he was a really nice kid. And he, God, he looked the part. I mean, he looked fantastic. Uh, you know, one of those just, you and I would kill to have that body for Two days just to walk around. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. That's what that's our saying. Yeah, he he absolutely looked like Tarzan, and 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 again was a fantastic kid. I can't remember his name, but the NFL scouts you'd see him, and their eyes would draw to him, and then you'd kind of they'd realize after a little while, oh okay, he's he he he's not a player. But but I I do think, and you've seen it throughout throughout it doesn't happen as much now but it happened a few times over the last decade or so a guy is a workout warrior and man he can push 225 and he can run the cone drill and all that stuff and and they take they he jumps up a board and and he's just not an NFL football player to this day i can honestly tell you that in 30 plus years maybe the best quarterback workout and i think i could line up people that have done it as long as I have other scouts in the league would probably more than 75% would agree with this statement. The best quarterback workout may have been Jamarcus Russell at LSU. Oh, I could see how it was. And, and the thing about it is I, I told Bruce Kebrick, who was the longtime area scout for the Raiders. And I knew Al Davis really well. Now, I'm going to, you know, look, it's not all, hey, non-football guys. Al, scout, was a coach. We all, but Al fell in love with guys, and he felt, and, and it, it, he didn't put as much into character for, for a long, long time. After Marinovich, he started to change. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he kind of backed away from it in the end. And, and I told Bruce, I told Bruce and I told Al, I said, look, this, I've known this kid since came up in Mobile. I knew his uncle real well. And Jamarcus is just a con guy. He's just not somebody who's going to work. As we say, low capacity to learn and very low willingness to learn. And it's just, it was, you know, and it was just, a, it was to me, it was like a, a freight train coming and you can't do a damn thing about it. You know, they're tied to the tracks and you just had to turn away, you know, and not watch the the carnage because I knew it was coming. It was the easiest, but but a lot of that happens, and a lot of that takes place, and uh, a lot of it is this is the answer, this is the piece, this is the, and a lot of it is you 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 
you, you well, we, we think we know better. And, um, you know, everybody does it different. Not every organization is operated the same way. And, and I, I know you got some thoughts here. I do want to make note of something that Lane Kiffin said recently or was quoted saying recently that I thought was interesting. Because you mentioned, well, you mentioned Lane Kiffin. We can kind of go there because Lane Kiffin was with Oakland mm -hmm. when Oakland took Jamarcus Russell. And I don't think Lane Kiffin was on board. On the he was not. He was not. He, um, you know how the end, uh, I'll tell you the, the, how the end of Jamarcus Russell took place. So this is what they dealt with with him. So as, you know, as he made mistakes and whatnot, he, they come back from a road trip. And Al was still regularly involved. Al would would uh, get in the plane you know he was on the team he didn't have the private plane he he was and he would literally and and look this is a reason folks if you're listening to this on podcast this is the reason why you got to join us live and watch because i'm going to demonstrate this is what al looked like when they'd lose he you know obviously be in the first seat near the window first class but he turn around and he had a, he had an open seat next to him he turn around and he'd and he'd look and he'd see who'd be like smiling or whatever. He just had this like <laughs> gruff. Yeah. <laughs> so they get back from one game and they fly in the airport. And there's this entourage of friends that Jamarcus says, I'm told about a dozen to 15. You know, Sunday night. Pretty late. I don't remember where the road trip was. Doesn't matter. It's Sunday night. Played a game. And uh, his buddy's meeting them in this like this big limo van and they're going out party. Just just, you know, and I, you know, that's just not the only guy that's ever party, but that was indicative of kind of where they were. So they would never he he didn't work. He didn't put his head in the film room. So the the final straw was the coaches kept telling now this guy is not working. This guy is not putting any effort in. You know, he'd come in, you know, only when he had to, and that's that. So the last straw, after like 19 different scenarios, which I'm not going to bore you with, the last one is classic. So they gave Jamarcus, that's typical. You give him a disc, you know, they take homework. Go home. This is some cut-ups. This is what we think. It's going to be really good against the Chargers this week. Um, take a look, and, you know, we'll talk about it next. So they gave it to him, and he go. It comes back the next morning. The coaches say, well, all right, so what do you – you're like, yeah, no, I like it. It was good stuff. I really liked it, Coach. I really thought it was a good idea and all that. They had given him a blank disc. They had oh, gotten oh, to the point – They were testing him. They had gotten to the point – well, they did it in front of Al, and they told Al that they were doing it. And so Al was there, as he often was in game plan meetings, just sitting in for a little bit, and he'd pick yeah. up and leave. That's what Al did. The The point was, they said, we're, we're you know, because Al wouldn't believe it. Al was just, coaches were just like, you had coaches, you had janitors. I mean, he was just, you know, coaches were a little bit above the janitors there. So, that's what they said. This is, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll see. Because they know through several times that he he clearly didn't watch what they had sent him home with. So they put a blank thing in. They showed it to him. Blank. I'm going to give it to him. Came back in. 
and they get his bluff. And it it was that day that they he ended up cutting him. Not for that reason. It was the literally the final straw that broke the camel's back. But it is just typical you know, of that. You know, we could do a whole show on Jamarcus Russell because obviously he's from Mobile. I was in Mobile for years. I was in Mobile uh, at a time. I've told the story before, but I'll tell you because I thought it was pretty indicative of of Jamarcus. Um, his his late uncle, uh, Ray Ray, mm-hmm. who was a good guy, but Ray Ray had rabbit ears, and he heard everything, and he defended Jamarcus. He kind of ran interference for Jamarcus, and anyway, in the month, in the in the few weeks leading up to that draft, the Mobile Register uh, was like, "Hey, Neil." Go write a This Is Your Life, Jamarcus Russell story, essentially. Got all the space you want, all the space you need, write it. And I said, okay. And they said, you know, and and make sure you get him and then go to New York for the draft and write and write and write. Write about Jamarcus Russell. So I said, okay. So I talked to everybody, Chris. Everybody you could talk to. High school coaches, youth league coaches. Took his mom and aunts and brother, everybody out to, to a lunch one day and just filled up a recorder. And as you, you probably can imagine where this story's going, I kept trying to get some time with Jamarcus. And oh, he's busy. He's got this meeting and this meeting and this meeting and this meeting, and he's busy. And I'm like, man, I, I'm I'm not asking hard questions here. This is this is a, a family type story you need to give me 20 minutes and we'll just move on. Let me come sit down with him. All right, I tell you what, call us when you get to New York and and we'll catch him. Well, you can imagine I was skeptical. But the paper's like, oh, yeah, just go go early. So I went to New York a good three days before the draft. We're planning to run the story on the morning of the, of the first round of the draft. And – uh I think this is back when the draft still started on Saturday, Chris. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it's running on Saturday morning. I get to New York on Wednesday afternoon. I check into my hotel, and the first call I make is to Ray. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I don't think I'm very far from where you guys are. I mean, I, I normally would not stay down in Times Square because it's just crazy, but I knew that's where he was, and it would be the best thing to do. And so I'm at a hotel down in Times Square. I'm I'm two tenths of a mile, if that, from Ray's hotel, and where Jamarcus is. Oh, okay. I'm gonna call you back in a little while. I said, okay, great. And I sit and I wait and I wait and I wait. No call. I'm thinking, no big deal. I'm I'm still good. I, and I was sit. I sat down that night in New York and started really writing, and I'm putting together this story that I feel really good about. And. I'm writing it kind of in my mind at that time, leaving some holes in it for things Jamarcus would say, okay? Because he's all that's left. I've got everything else. And I write, and I'm not thinking anything of it. On Thursday, I wake up early, and I call Ray Ray. Oh, yeah, we're going to get it done today. We're going to get it done today. What's your schedule? And I said, Ray, I am wide open, man. You tell me what time to be there. I'm there. I need 20 minutes. Because at this point, I've written so much that I'm thinking, I don't need much. I mean, this story's already, in my mind, almost too long anyway. 
but the paper's like, don't worry about space. And this doesn't happen in the newspaper business. Yeah, yeah, I bet. You very rarely hear, don't worry about space, we'll make the space. And so on that Thursday, they're like, hey, send us what you have so far. We just kind of get an idea for space. I'm like, great. And I send them this massive file with all this stuff, and they're starting to put art with it and all this. Well, Thursday afternoon rolls around. Hey, Neil, he's going to be too busy today. We'll get it tomorrow. And I said, I said, Ray, tomorrow is really late. I got to do it in the morning or this is going to get squirrely. So I know this is a long story, but I promise I'm getting to it because it's going to tell you something about him. So again, this is going to be a favorable story written in your hometown newspaper that quotes your mom and aunts and all these people. I mean, it is a... It, it is a puff piece at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And the kind of story that if you'd think you'd want to sit down and do for the hometown paper, all your old friends are going to read it, everything. We get to Friday afternoon, and I'm, I can't get him. And I finally tell the paper, hey, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think he's going to do it. What do you all think? And it's, so at that point, they're like, they're as mad at him as I am at that point. And they're like, you know, the story's really good without him. We're going to include a line that's going to embarrass him, but we're going to do it. Multiple attempts to reach Jamarcus Russell were unsuccessful. Great. Put it in the second damn paragraph as far as I'm concerned. So someone in New York knew I was a big baseball fan. Red Sox were in town. Said, hey, I got a ticket to uh, Red Sox Yankees if you want to go. It's a ticket I was going to use. I can't use it. You go by yourself, but it's a ticket. I'm like, damn right, I'm going. So I go to uh, I go to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium. Take the take the subway to the Bronx. Get out. Go to a Yankees Red Sox game, and I finally just hit that point, man. You know where I didn't care anymore. <laughs> it's about fifth inning. I'd had a couple of beers. I was chilling, just watching watching a major league baseball game, and. Um, <laughs> Ray calls my cell. It's nine o'clock, nine fifteen. Where are you? I'm at, I'm at Yankee Stadium. Oh well, Jamarcus was ready to talk to you now because I ah. I told Ray I told Ray about the line was going to be included in the story that hey he wasn't going to talk. So I scramble out of there, get back to my hotel as fast as I can, get him on the phone for about five minutes, get five minutes of junk. Add a couple of quotes. It's a wild scramble. But I remember thinking to myself, a well-put-together NFL guy would never have allowed this to get to this place. No. People around him would have made sure the hometown newspaper in New York would have gotten what they needed to build the puff piece. But, you know, about Jamarcus, it's funny because I saw him play at the high school level, saw him play at LSU a bunch. I don't know that physically I've ever seen a better-looking quarterback. I don't know that physically I've ever seen a better arm on a quarterback. That dude could absolutely throw a ball through a wall. But he just didn't. It wasn't about intelligence to me. You nailed it. It was always about he just didn't care. And he had enough people around him who propped him up and nobody around him who really challenged him. And – I've always, frankly, was surprised that he was the guy that that LSU wanted because he's not a Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher sort of quarterback. 
I well, and, and Jimbo and I got not into it, but um, I can remember a reporter. You, I don't know if you know Glenn Gilbo. No, Glenn called me and asked me about Jamarcus, and I don't remember what I said. It wasn't favorite. It wasn't like you know really ugly, but I said I have real concerns, and I think I even included the bus factor is really big with a guy like, and I said it in. And, and Jimbo was quoted in the same article, you know, about, oh, I, you know, I coached him. I, I, his kid's a great worker and he's really smart and he's this and that, and he'll be a great player. I still remember that because, you know, it's like, okay, Jimbo coached him and all. Jimbo's been good with quarterbacks, but you're right. Let's, let's remind folks that he didn't go there at LSU and light it up. He he barely played one year because yeah. he left early, played one year and and he did not win that job. So that year, prior to his one year that he played at LSU, at this very time, he didn't even win the job. I mean, he didn't win the job till late in August. He didn't distinguish himself at LSU other than his physical skills, but his preparation, his things. And I knew that. I knew Jimbo was taken off for him. I got no problem with it. But but there again, there is the issue. People always think that all coaches defend their players. It's not always the case. I mean, I think that most coaches, I was a pro liaison coach. And I know that if I said everything is great, you know, about this guy and that guy, and then I, then I, you know, and I'm, I'm not being honest and they're not, you know, if I told people that, yeah, Harvey Williams was a hard worker and he was tough. Well, they'd figure out down the road. I'd, I was lying. Of course. So if I turn around and say, Hey, this Neil is a great guy. Well, then they don't believe me. So I'm hurting the guy that does deserve our plaudits and not, you know, so you got to be honest. Now, you don't sit there and trash your kid, but you'll say, well, you know, we've had some issues with him here, there. Just be honest. I mean, it's not that difficult, but no. And, um, and I, and to be honest, when Ray Ray passed, it was worse. You know, when Ray Ray passed, it, Jamarcus was where he really went down there and then he got money and then, you know, money makes you more of what you are. This is a guy that this remind folks that, this was when you could still make big time money, big time bonus money as a rookie. He had a boatload of money that he signed for. And and he had a house, a three million dollar house that was <laughs> foreclosed on him. I mean, he he blew, he squandered just about everything. So it's unfortunate. But anyway, didn't didn't want to go down the rabbit hole of Mark. They funny. We we kind of think of some things to talk to, and then we get on and ideas that and we just roll with it. That's kind of well, we're like, uh, I know I like, and I know you do doing this show. Um, along those lines, learning about a player and talking about a player, Lane Kiffin came out and he was talking about Bill Belichick and how Bill Belichick, and he's done this before, and he's certainly done this a lot with Nick Saban, but a lot of coaches. You know, Lane Kiffin said he's, uh, the exact quote, I don't know, but just th- that not many coaches, head coaches certainly, call him to ask about one of their players. Belichick does that. And Belichick got a photographic memory. So he'll call and he'll ask about Kenny Yaboda and he'll say, you know, yeah, it's not, you know, let's talk about a lot, just Elijah Moore, but it's like Kenny Yaboda, you know, you had Zach Miller when you were at the Raiders. How does he compare? Is he a similar, but you know, he really gets into the minutia. Well, Bill loves scouting. Bill loves the draft. Bill grew up his dad was a really good coach slash scout for the Naval Academy. And that's how he 
grew up at the knee of his dad, Steve Belichick. And so Lane talked about his time with the Raiders, how he would sit there and say, he says, you know, um, of course, most coaches, you know, they're a hero of every story they tell. I know that. But he will say things like, he said, you know, like, well, why don't you ask his position coach? And he says a lot of the Raider scouts would say, well, why would I do that? We know better and all that. And a lot of it is the the yin and yang of, you know, scouting does matter. And I, I will say there's the evaluation part. But, Neil, a lot of what scouting is is a lot of what being a good reporter is. So, I mean, I'm going to imagine, you know, that a young reporter that's just starting out on a beat, you don't have as many contacts. People don't know you. Maybe they don't trust you as much. If you've done it for 30 years, maybe at the similar beat, you develop a lot of contacts, right? You develop a lot of people that may trust you. Sure. Off the record and stuff. Well, a lot of that takes place in scouting. So it's to go back and to tie into what you said earlier about maybe the trust factor we have a different kind of generation of young scouts where a lot of them, they don't have a lot of contacts. They don't come from the coaching background. And not only does it hurt in their ability to evaluate, but it hurts in their ability to get good information. So, you know, for example, you know, if I know somebody and I've helped somebody along the way, I've come up in coaching knew them, you know, I can pick up a phone, even if I haven't talked to them in five years and there's, they know me, I know them, and you can get information that you know that I'm not going to share it, but use it for the evaluation part of a player. And that's really important to know what it is you need to know. Whereas if you're just a young guy that is, along with 10 other scouts, talking to the pro liaison guy that's giving you the generic, he grew up in Oxford, he went to this, you know, it's just not, it's not as useful you got to get that information and then you got to pull five coaches aside individually without telling them and asking what they think. And sometimes you get, you know, the position coach will tell you one thing, guys are running back position coach, the offensive coordinator may ask somebody else on the staff that doesn't coach either one of those positions, but you really know well. you get as many opinions. Then you go, and you talk to the linebacker coach that you know real well, and he'll say, yeah, he, ain't, he ain't real tough. You know, our guys love to go against him in one-on-one. You know, you get stuff like that, that that's how you get stuff. But, you know, you would never share that. But that guy's going to more likely be honest with me because he knows me, and he knows that I he, he's likely calling me for a favor one day and vice versa. So you have relationships. And so – Lane was talking about the fact that he doesn't have many uh, NFL head coaches that do. Well, not many head coaches are uh, the de facto GM. And then sometimes, and I, I, uh, I will kid Lane the next time I say that next time I see him about that because yeah, I think it's true. But you know, also, not many head coaches in college will take the time that they will answer the phone from a head coach. But if it's maybe the special teams coach, Lane might not be picking up the phone. If Bill Belichick calls and the secretary calls and Lane's leaving the a staff meeting to take Bill Belichick's call. <laughs> but, but if it's a special teams coach or the Bengals, he may not even, Lane may not even call him back. So a lot of it is over time you develop friendships. Now, it may be some innocuous person that he knows that's good friends with his dad, Monty, 
that he'll pick up, and it may be quote unquote a nobody, but but he'll pick up the phone and return his call because he knows him through his dad or what have you. But but I thought it was interesting, and and it is a an insight into Bill and how Bill gets into that, and he wants to ask certain things. And that's the other thing is when you have a different background in football, you can relate football to football conversations. Other than what type of kid is he? Well, if you ask somebody you know, what type of kid is he, you're almost getting an answer. Isn't that the key to getting good information from as a reporter? Is the right question to ask. Sure. I don't ask somebody, people say, Hey Neil, you like football? What's Neil gonna say? No, nah, hell no. I just won't get paid. You know what I mean, nobody's <laughs> gonna say that. I will ask things that'll tell me, well, tell me, man, Neil, what what do you like to do when you when you're not around with you know what 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 do you like to do? And man, I love video games. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Whatever. You can kind of learn what a guy is and you find out and you may find out little bits of information and you'll see if it matches up and you can test him to see if he cooperates what's been told about him, which you know. I, I always tell people, say, well, what do I do when I go to the combine? What do I go when I talk? Be honest. Because like a lawyer, they usually don't ask you any questions that they don't already know. So be honest, because they catch you in a lie, then they don't trust you. Then they already say, automatically assume you got something to hide. But it is a real interesting process this time of year because it is about the football part of it's put to bed, Neil. The haze in the barn, as you say. But I'm going to tell you, the the constant wondering about, is this kid's really a good kid? Can we trust this kid? is always an issue. And I'm going to tell you, it's a bigger issue this year because without the combine, you don't get the medicals or late being verified. The character stuff is more virtual. It's a little bit more concerning and there may be more mistakes this year than normal due to the lack of face-to-face contact that we've had, not just this time of year, but let me remind folks, scouts, many of them couldn't, they could not go to campuses this past fall. So all that intel that you get face-to-face, I can pick up the phone. Somebody may not be willing to tell me something on the phone. Just, you know, but right, as a reporter, you're face-to-face, you're somewhere. I used to always go to the Coaches Association uh, convention. You know why? Get a couple of beers and a couple of guys, and they start telling you stuff that they wouldn't tell you in another setting in their office. They're a little bit more relaxed. And you find out information about a player that, again, you otherwise wouldn't. Now, you're not doing it to hurt anybody, but but it does have an effect. And we talked about this, you know, and, and it's more recently tied to, you know, like Darius Geis at LSU, which, you know, again, people that covered the team didn't thought Darius Geis couldn't understand why he was slipping. And, you know, great player because that's that is the rhetoric that they were given inside LSU. With there's a lot of stuff as we now know that was going on, including with Darius. That you know, it wasn't like individual scouts got intel. We now employ FBI folks that can call and find out just about anything. You know that. You you, you know that we you get you get somebody's social security information. You know where they've been. You got social. I mean, you know exactly what they've done with website. It's, it's an invasion of privacy. We, we, we absolutely it's done. And a lot of that information is so, so influential into maybe ultimately pulling the trigger on a trade. You throw in that, you have a lot of lies too. 
a lot of, you know, well, I, this and that to try to manipulate information. So let me, uh, let me ask you this. You did some work on, um, first, let me do this first because, uh, Nola Jacks was asked this about 20 minutes ago. So we'll get this answer now for him. And then we'll, I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson. He wants to know, in your opinion, Chris, would Mac Jones be a big improvement over Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo has had injury issues, and that's a, an important factor. He is not physically better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He is a quicker processor and decision maker, and it is very likely, if that's the direction that the Niners want to go, would be a really good fit for the dropback quick-release pass game. Um, big improvement. That's what you asked. No, certainly not physically, but an improvement in terms of a maybe availability, um, and, and maybe running that offense. I, I, I think they feel he would be an improvement. The issue is, is he the guy that they like the most? And we're going to find that out. In, well, three weeks from yesterday, Neil, is the start of the draft. Three weeks. Oh yeah, it's here. All right. So Deshaun Watson. It's staying in the headlines. Um, he He's asking for names of people. There, there's a lot there. You, you did a little homework on him. What'd you find out? Yeah, you know, and I talked some yesterday about it. I want to address it here because, you know, I know people are interested and I, I know only what I've read and, you know, try to speculate and I don't have any, any end result, but, but there's something that, <clears throat> that I had a little, I had 10 minutes to think about that concerned me that, that, you know, it wasn't like it was new information. I just hadn't thought about it. So as I was talking with someone, there's a couple of things that I found out. I mean, I knew there were 22 people that filed now lawsuits. Um, I didn't realize there were that many people that wrote letters saying that they were a masseuse to him. It was like 18 or 20 more that said they had no problems with them. So as I thought about it, First thing was, Neil, let me explain how masseuse activity works in the league. I mean, it's not like a rule or anything, but it's just normal procedure. It, masseuses are very important today. as we, we Plyometrics and stretching and all that's so important. Sure. Really, really important. But basically, teams do everything from hire a full-time one, maybe a couple, or hires an independent contractor, a group. It may be like a, you know, I don't know, anywhere from three to six, let's say, that will operate. Because, you know, one person can't be everywhere at the same time and do, you know, 10 massages at once, you know. So you you got to have some. However, 40 different people that we know of that's documented that he's used, 40? Really? That send up a red flag that was there. The red flag was there. I just wasn't paying attention to it. But that's the thing that came became an epiphany to me, that that just doesn't sound right, Neil. If you got 40 different people doing, using that many, that, that, that pretends to me to be more than just masseuse work. It, it it seems to be more of a social of a, that again. I'm not make. I, I, let's let this be investigated properly. It's just not normal behavior. Not normal like behavior. Fetish. Yeah, it's yeah. It's that's almost like going. I mean, I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, I, I keep 
I keep waiting for someone to finally just say the word. I mean, it, there's so many people. It's a pattern. And and most of them now are women, and most of them are pretty good-looking women. And look, um, and let me say this. No Snickers out there, please, um, because it is very common, a very important part of the body that players need to be massaged a lot is groins. It's really important. Groin pulls, stretching. The way they contort their body, really important. But again, if you do it within the confines of the team and you've got somebody that's kind of contracted with the team, then you've got a little bit more of a place for them to go to to say, you know, this this is kind of uncomfortable. This is not, you know, it went, I, I get it. Tom Brady has his own private work opportunity. A lot of these, they're rich. They live in different places than their city. So, you know, he might live in Atlanta because he does as a home in Atlanta. So he's not going to have the Houston Texans masseuse work on him. I get that. But that's where you have two or three or four that work on it. And, you know, normally you normally you'd maybe try to get. Now, I will say, here's what I was told. He now, I guess on the advice of his lawyer, said that, that his now his, the people that are giving him massages because he's still getting them is, is male, they're male, and they, and you know so when he, certainly when he gets the groin area worked on it's now a male masseuse. Um, it's just obviously it's a bad look, and obviously they sense it inside is a bad look. I didn't realize it was that many. I just wasn't paying attention to it. It's just not something I really care to think about, and hope that whatever happens happens. But that's the thing that I learned on it that. I'm now more than ever concerned that he just was being a bad boy. And I don't know if he stepped over the line or didn't. We'll let that be determined. But boy, the actions just, you just did is not normal. I can tell you, it's not normal for somebody to have 40 different masseuses that we know of. God knows how many else. You know, I'm not going to convict him here, but I will say this. I have a couple thoughts on it. One, you're a multi-million dollar starting NFL quarterback. You're a target. Okay, so when you go to a masseuse, if it's me and I'm him and I'm going in for a professional massage because I, I it's part of, like you said, it's it's absolutely part of the process of taking care of your body. And when you are an NFL player, your body is a commodity. It might be your most valued commodity because if your body breaks down, you're not going to be in the league long. So if it's me and I'm him, I'm almost tempted to take somebody in there with me. I'm I'm absolutely working with someone I know, with someone I've worked with. There's there's a relationship there because look, when I was running marathons, late in training, I would have to sometimes go get massages. And I had a a wasn't growing, but it was like hip flexor up a way upper thigh issue that was becoming problematic late in a, in a deal. And I remember having to get that part of my body kind of worked on just enough so I could run. And I've been in that setting where I know what they say. It's professional. And she said to me, Hey, look, you do one thing and we're done. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And it was the whole here, move your, her yeah, word. yeah, yeah. Her words, move your junk. And I'll I'll go right here. And I mean it was painful. There was nothing enjoyable about it. And it worked. And I got loose and I was able to run the damn marathon. 
That being said, that is a that is a a pardon the pun touchy issue for people in that in that business. Sure. And so I'm 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 again I'm trying not to convict in my mind, but I can't help but think this is this is a fetish sort of thing that he's yes, got going. Yes, it's like the picking picking them up at the nightclub, but doing it where you cut out all the layers and you just go and be naked on the table and they got to rub you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes across to me. I mean, it, it, and here's the thing. It is bad judgment because you're right. You have somebody, or at least you have somebody associated that's working with the team or that they, that, that can, they have another resource to go to and feel comfortable because there's a relationship with the team. When you go outside that, you're kind of saying, I'm going to pick up, you know, the first thing I thought of, and I hate saying this, I don't know why, and, and, it, and, it, and it has nothing to do with, but it's just the timing. It made me think of what we talked about recently with Les Miles, picking out the student workers that had to be blonde and with not with big bosoms. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, that's creepy, you know, and this is creepy and in a different way, creepy. It's just, it just, it it's a, it's a bad look and um, you just, it's just dumb. You don't do it that way. And, and obviously he did it that way because there's a reason that he wanted to do it. He, he wanted to get more out of it than what you would professionally should get out of it. And I, 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 I'm concerned about it now. And I, you know, I, I would, I will say that when 21 lawsuits came out and they were all civil, I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't know. You know, that seems to be money grab. Um, so we'll see, you know, but I don't know. It, it, that's a whole lot of people that are lying. Um, if it is, and, and it may be, it may turn out to be, but the point to your point is don't be a knucklehead. If you're in that position, it's something to learn from. Be smart. Uh, have somebody with you, as you said, go through the proper protocol, uh, if you truly want a professional massage done and there's some that maybe are better than others, I'm not a massage person. So some are better than others. Find the person that you're comfortable with, maybe get a backup and a backup to the backup, but make sure not only that they're licensed, but you have a relationship. So you're not dealing with strangers. Not to interrupt you, Chris, but here's the thing you and me looking for that kind of massage is different than the starting quarterback of an NFL franchise looking for that kind of massage. He could have picked up the phone and called anyone at the Texans and said, Hey, I need to get, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Charlotte. I'm in wherever I need to get a massage. Can you get me a list of recommendations? Can you even make me the appointment? Can you do all of the legwork for me? Pardon the pun. And the answer would have been absolutely Deshaun. We'll get that taken care of mm-hmm. here in the next hour. He's the quarterback of your franchise. Yeah. He is the face of your franchise. He's the most highest paid player in your on your roster. There are people in that building, correct me if I'm wrong, day in, day out, who could take care of those needs for him. Yeah. Arrange that where there would be none of this. This the 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 sheer number of people make it really suspicious to me. And it really makes me wonder what happens with Deshaun Watson. In between now and September, because this if this doesn't go away, if these things are still unresolved, I can't help but think the NFL is not going to be very comfortable with him getting under center as the starting quarterback for one of their 32 franchises. And it couldn't be a worse time to be involved in something like this. I mean, this happens 
10, 12 years ago to somebody, you know, maybe it's a better chance of that not being as big of a deal, not being brought up, uh, being thought of as a bigger deal. Now it is, it's really, it's really bad. I mean, we're seeing that with the LSU situation and them going back and now it, it is really bad. You know, now you got, you got a, you know, we were, we were on, on, uh, on the show Tuesday when you were breaking up the USA Today story. And that's been the big, you know, issue in, and then talking about, you know, with uh, Sharon Lewis suing for $50 million, different employers and still working there every day. As I said, that's, you know, you, you, you have that stuff is like, it's like, it is, it, it's a blown up story. Actually, somebody <laughs> brought up something, Neil. I, I really never really, maybe you have a thought on, cause I don't really look at it. I know USA's today has done a whole lot of story, but we hadn't, we had seen a whole lot of that covered nationally. Meaning like, you know, like, like when uh, you've had people like Jameis Winston and Florida state issues where that was like the March Slaybaugh type people were camped out. We really hadn't had a lot of, not, not a lot of publicity on it. Now here, there's a lot of talk here. It's a lot of negativity here. There's a, a belief that Scott Woodard should do more and all that, but and USA Today certainly had twenty five stories or whatever, but yeah. but no one else is really. And the advocate, the 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 two people, the investigate the advocate are doing it, but I don't really. And I'm sure Sports Illustrated, other people will chime in, but you don't really see that a whole lot. And and normally you would, even though it's not football season, because that that the crab legs thing and everything with yeah. with the Damus was was big, big, big. The only thing I can think of is that. Les Miles was was very popular with national media. He was a character, as you know. He would be very, he could be very charismatic with media. He gave media time. He returned phone calls. Um, the only thing I can think of is that this is sort of payback in a lot of, and I mean in a positive way for Les because they're not going after him. They're not piling on. But you're right. The story outside of USA Today, who has really worked it uh, nobody else has really worked the story i don't know maybe maybe the uh what is it called outside the lines maybe espn's working on something and it'll come out you know what i mean we, you know because normally when they work on stuff they don't say hey we're working on it not, not necessarily Later. it may like two weeks from now or a month from now it may come out and they may do it for at a ratings time i, I don't know but you know hey uh, hey daniel Cotto says uh do you think the texans knew about this before the whole contract issues began or even before drafting him well this didn't take place before drafting him he had no issues coming out of clemson he wasn't i'm not saying he didn't get massages at clemson but he 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 couldn't afford to go do his own thing and all that stuff so none of this none of this took place before the draft this is all Texans related. I don't know. I I don't know what they knew or what they didn't know. I, it would be purely speculative on my part. We're uh, brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. And at Blue Sky, they want to show you their, that they care about their customers and their shopping experience. They'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. 
So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we are brought to you by our friends at Alpha Specialties. Alpha Specialties is located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They are your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailers being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated Load Trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market today, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. Uh, listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, and RV, and more. So give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha Specialties on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts, which includes SEC Football and beyond. Hey, um, a reminder, uh, if you're into the draft, we we talk about the draft a whole bunch. All the draft boards are up at LandryFootball.com. The, the horizontal board's been up, but all the position boards up are now. So you see where how many players with requisite grades, which what the what the grades mean, where the cutoff points are, how many, how many of those grades translates to first round, second round, so on and so forth. You might be surprised. It's a different looking draft board. It's how teams do it. So you get a feel why you have two boards is because you're grading by position, obviously vertically, best to, you know, down to the bottom and then um, of, of the draftable ones and then the horizontal, which regardless of position. So it really gives you, a, I think, a different viewpoint into the draft, Neil. So we encourage everybody to check it out at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our scouting season offer today. I know it's um, uh, it, it's a it's a. Look, it's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So check it out. What's going on at Rebel Grove? Uh, uh, you know, obviously baseball going on. A lot of yep. talk there. What's, what's the latest got a, there? Got a big baseball series coming up. Ole Miss and Arkansas supposed to, tar- st- t- supposed to start tonight. Weather is a, a factor this evening. Should be beautiful weather the rest of the weekend, though. So they'll get the games in. Uh, Ole Miss wrapping up week three of uh, five weeks of spring football, the Grove Bowl two weeks from tomorrow, uh, the weekend of the uh, LSU baseball series here in town, and then um, watching a lot of transfer portal stuff with with basketball, as like everybody else. The transfer portal is wild. Ole Miss is still uh, trying to fill two spots in the transfer portal. I expect that they'll get Jamin Brakefield, the Duke transfer, think that's basically done that'll get announced sometime soon and then Ole Miss like everybody else is looking they're looking specifically for about a 6-3-6-4 guard who can play both spots who can shoot it who can defend you might imagine that those people in the portal are few and far between and they have multiple suitors and so I think the, the question for Ole Miss is if you can't fill that puzzle piece what's the closest piece you can fit where the puzzle might not fit exactly but where it kind of works 
And so that's those are the stories we're watching at uh, rebelgrove.com. The transfer portal is a is a wild topic, man. It it is unbelievable now. Now what the kids are doing is they're in the transfer portal and they're given their top five list. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. re-recruiting again. It's like I'm thinking about these five schools. It's like it's, it's like I'm gonna do this whole recruiting thing over again, and we're gonna, you know, it's just it's just uh it is amazing uh, what that has done. It's created a level of free agency. Um, and, you know, in, in, in basketball, obviously, there's not as many spots on the roster, but they got four more programs. Um, and, and certainly, obviously, by the way, in our scout note, in our uh, college notebook every day, we can't keep you up to date on all the transfer portal information, recruiting information as well. In fact, if you, we don't do a lot of it. You know, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I tend to to maybe get off the rails a little bit at times, but if you want to learn about a three-star prospect that West Virginia just got a commitment from, probably not good for this show, probably would put you to sleep out there. So we leave that a Cincinnati, pretty good Cincinnati offensive lineman that's moving to Arkansas State, things like that. You want to know stuff like that. We got it for you, <laughs> Booking Landry football, but I, I didn't want Neil to slap me if I started to talk about stuff like that because I don't know that that's, a whole lot of interest, and I, I get uh, I get reprimanded on it. I tend to think, you know, it may have some level of interest for me, but maybe not for others. But if you are interested, we have a forum for you at LandryFootball.com, so check that out. You got big weekend plans, or are you still getting ready for the draft? Draft, I'll be working all weekend. Um, I may have to – I'm looking. I may have to catch the yard, although it's, uh, it's kind of fairly cool this week. That's it. That's about the only thing I'm doing. Uh, just working. Um, some the meetings are starting, so a lot of meetings now. Even though the boards are set, here's the the thing. In in is uh, I said, everything's delayed. People would be surprised to know that the teams don't have their boards set yet. Uh, people think, oh, how can they? Be? It's not the way it works. You do it in the meetings, and it's a little bit later this year due to the uh, getting the later information with the medical. So yeah, it's an interesting time of year. We're we're bearing down. Before you know it, it'll be next Thursday and we'll be two weeks and counting for the NFL draft. So that's what's on tap for moi. All right, my man, enjoy your weekend. And um, we'll be back on Tuesday with another edition of SEC football and beyond. Get you ready for the draft a little bit more. Talk some spring football. Take your questions. Thanks for being with us. Have a safe weekend. Until next time, take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.